0: Hello, and welcome to Simply Soundbites, a new segment on the Simply Stated podcast. In each mini-episode, we try to explain a trending definition or topic in the news in 10 minutes or less. Today, I'm joined by Daryl Rudy, Chief Examiner at the Utah Department of Financial Institutions. Thanks so much for joining me today, Daryl. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So um, Today, we are talking about uh, ILCs. And um, if you can just give me a really quick definition of what an ILC is, um, and you know, help with the acronym as well.
1: Sure. industrial loan corporations have been around for geez, going back over one hundred and twenty years. I guess the beginning on a national basis would be going back to the original Morris Plan Bank in Terre Haute, Indiana, if I said that correctly, for mm-hmm. the folks in Indiana. Um, and they're still in business today, and it was really to provide credit to industrial workers at the time who didn't have access to credit. So, which is kind of weird that today that seems to be another big topic that we uh, hear about a lot is access to credit for consumers. But in the more modern sense in Utah, they've been around as an FDIC-insured depository since 87-88 timeframe. The Garn St. Germain Act modified what was going through congress at that time the seba the competitive equality banking act to allow states that had a law in their state on the books that required fdic insurance that they could have an institution that could issue certificates of deposit so utah was one of the states that took advantage of that there were several others hawaii colorado california Iowa, Minnesota, um, missing probably another, oh, Nevada, of course, um, that had that on their uh, law on their books to allow for that also. So Utah kind of embraced it in the late 80s. Um, we saw a lot of growth in the industry. So the, the former industrial loan corporations were non insured finance companies that provided credit in the local markets. In the late 80s, early 90s, it became a much broader Audience: a lot of uh, well-known Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies came in, established industrial loan corporations, and started providing consumer credit on a nationwide basis. Some of the names you'd know would be American Express, um, UBS, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley. So some of them have since left the industrial bank industry. We we changed our law uh, to change the title from ILCs to industrial banks um, to more accurately reference that they are an insured depository institution and they are subject to the same rules and regulations as many of the banks that you deal with every day. Is there anything that an ILC is exempt from? Well, the industrial banks are exempt from the definition of bank in the Bank Holding Company Act. That's what the SEBA loophole, if you will, describes. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are still subject to all the rules and regulations that a normal bank would be subject to. They just don't have examinations by the Federal Reserve. That doesn't mean they don't have holding company examinations, because we perform them. And with our partner, FDIC, um, we do affiliate reviews, we do service company reviews. And they get as much scrutiny, I would say, as most bank holding companies do. So the, uh, the state agency is examining
0: them. The FDIC is examining them. Um, you can examine the affiliate companies as well? Yes. Okay. Um, and so with all this known, ILCs have been a, uh, a debated discussion um, ever since, well, probably before this, but in 2006, Walmart really really kind of brought it to the fore. Um what about an ILC charter triggered this type of debate? What do you think
1: caused people to get so much attention and interest in it? Well, as you said, you know, I think back to it was in the 2004 time frame when Walmart was looking for a bank charter. They had looked at a couple different options. One was an SNL charter at the time and an Industrial Bank Charter in California. Those um dried up on them. Uh, California changed their law where they wouldn't allow a commercial entity to own an industrial bank charter. So they came to Utah and applied there and it, it was never accepted or approved by the state of Utah. But it did stir up a lot of controversy in the sense that it was, you know, some of the labor unions got involved, some of the business community got involved it was more of walmart's perception that they were going to put everyone out of main street usa out of business mm-hmm. um, and they would do the same thing in the banking industry well a couple things um, first of all walmart's business plan wasn't to try to branch bank across the country mm-hmm. um, they're very they were had a very limited business plan but um, didn't really matter they end up withdrawing the application but it, what it did do is it caused many states to rethink what they wanted in their state charters so minnesota colorado california as i said uh put a restriction on there that a commercial entity couldn't have an industrial bank in their state mm-hmm. so utah and nevada did not uh embrace that restriction and therefore we've kind of become the uh I guess, the location that people will look to domicile an industrial bank. Mm -hmm. And so um, in that
0: sense, Utah's got uh, a lot of traditional banks, community banks. You've Mm -hmm. got ILCs as well. So I'm sure on a pretty regular basis you're talking to community bankers or um, uh, bankers who are not part of ILCs, and sometimes they chafe at the idea of an ILC as sort of getting this sort of loophole. How do you talk to bankers about ILCs
1: um, who have these concerns? Yeah, when you, at least in Utah, I'll speak to Utah specific because I do deal with the bankers and the industrial bankers there. They have a pretty collegial relationship. Um, many of the regional banks have deposit accounts from the industrial banks. Mm-hmm. So they, it's one of their customers. They don't compete with them directly in the, for the most part. They, uh, industrial banks usually have a very specific business plan unique to their, business or their parent company's involvement in a certain industry and so they don't compete on a day-to-day basis with your local community bank. They don't have branches. They don't want your walk-in customers and I guess one thing we didn't mention up front was the big exclusion in the SEBA Banking Act um, is that they can't have demand deposits if they're over $100 million in assets. So none of them have demand deposit accounts, which is kind of the lifeblood of the community banking system. Mm -hmm. Um, So they operate on deposits, CDs, savings accounts, money market accounts, a little different or a, a little less of a product offering on the deposit side. So they're not competing day to day with those community banks for commercial deposits on a demand deposit account. So that probably helps the relationship not be so antagonistic. Um, and they really do not have any exemptions for any regulations that you would see in a normal day-to-day functioning. Um, you know, over the past couple of years, you've heard about the limitations on the Volcker Rule. Um, that was a, a restriction on them. It's been expanded a little bit, so it doesn't affect too many of our banks anymore. Um, the Bank Holding Company Act, like I said, the Fed's not in there reviewing the, the holding company but we are, and the FDIC is concerned in that also. Anything that touches the bank, we can swim upstream and look at those items. So if they are buying assets from an affiliate or a parent company, 23A, 23B, apply. And we actively look at that and regulate for those regulations, Reg W. All right. And so um,
0: is there anything else, uh, any thoughts that you have uh, as we're sort of parting here about um – the future of ILCs or, um, or what an industrial bank means to the state of Utah or the U.S. anything else that you can think of?
1: Well, the industrial banks are, are very important to the state of Utah. I mean, we have a very vibrant uh, financial institution uh, segment of the economy there. Our banks and our industrial banks provide a lot of good, clean, uh, relatively high paying jobs in the community. Um, we've become a uh, very large sector of the of the Utah economy and they continue to you know through CRA and through other community activities they are a good corporate citizen they have developed a lot of good policies procedures to um, provide credit to maybe a, a, a portion of the market that wouldn't normally get that credit and um, We feel like we actively regulate them in a safe and sound manner. We do holding company inspections. We look at their IT. We look at their BSA, their uh, know-your-customer rules. Um, There's no part of the banking system that they avoid by being an industrial bank versus being a community bank or a commercial bank. But um, it's just a little different system, right? Because the Fed's not in there. But the FDIC is, Mm -hmm. and we are. And other states do it and actively uh, regulate them in a safe and sound manner, also. So,
0: all right. Well, Daryl, thank you so much. This was a great explainer. Um, I learned a lot. I really appreciate you taking the time out of a pretty busy schedule. So, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Bye.